Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged. If you're looking for a sisterhood of intelligent women to network with, then this is a podcast for you. We'll be letting our hair down and spilling all the tea on an array of topics and gain insight into what women really think. My name is Noreen Foy and I'll be your host. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Before I get into today's episode, I need to ask a small favor. Pause this episode for a quick moment and go to the Apple app, click the rate and review tab on this show's page, and please show your sis some love by giving the show a five-star rating and write a review. By doing this, it activates the algorithm to let it know that the show exists, which increases the show's visibility and suggests it to potential listeners. In turn, many more women can be inspired by our stories. I appreciate you. So, getting back to today's episode, I am going to take you back to my childhood. We've all been to school where someone was always getting into a fight. Not me, though. I was a quiet child, believe it or not. But someone would always say something mean, and the other child would say, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. Remember that? Oh my god. Simpler times, I tell you. Well, that is not the truth. Words actually do hurt, and this is what I want to talk about in today's episode. How careful we need to be when we talk to people, especially when we're angry. We cannot be reckless with our words because you just don't know what words resonate with someone, and it may not do damage in the moment, but over time, baby, those words may sink in and become a part of a person's psyche. Now, as a small child, you learn how to use certain words or how a certain inflection or tone of your voice can have an effect on other people, especially if you repeat it over and over again. I mean, any mother who has children can attest to this. Sometimes they say your name so many times that you just want to change your name by the end of the day. Like mama, mama, ma, ma, mame, ma. And then you're like, oh my God. So you just reach to a point where you just want to give in to them to get them to be quiet. <laughs> so can these words hurt as much as the bruises of physical abuse? Well, Ask anyone who's been subjected to a never-ending stream of put-downs or derogatory comments. The effects of these words are just as bad and just as hurtful as being hit. You see, verbal abuse has a way of wearing down a woman's self-esteem until she gets to her point of believing all the things that's being thrown at her. If somebody tells her she's ugly or she's worthless or she can't cook, she can't clean, she's a terrible mother... You know, she's bad in bed. She doesn't know how to do anything right. She's worthless. It's going to sink in. She's going to start believing these things. So even if the person inflicting these verbal wounds claims, oh, I didn't really mean it. It's too late. The damage is done. She's already heard it. So in my situation, as a child, I was so skinny. Oh my gosh, I was so skinny. And it did not help that I wore glasses either. My parents just seemed like they were setting me up for failure, but it wasn't really their fault. But anyway, (laughs) of course, the main insult that they would have for me would be olive oil. You know, olive oil, Popeye's wife, olive oil. I love that show right up until they started comparing me to her. She was skinny and she had this big head, long hair. 
And I was looking the exact same way. But the thing is, they drew her that way. Unfortunately for me, that's how God made me, which made me a big target. They insulted me with disgust and laughter. And I believed the things that they said. They also insulted me for being flat-chested, four eyes, having Christian parents, and more. I mean, you name it, they were on me like white on rice, okay? And I let the words stick with me, and it affected my self-perception. I had some serious body image issues, and I was skinny for most of my life until I had kids. Maybe until I had the last kid. The older two... I I held on to my little figure for a long time, but that last one, I moved to America and started eating differently and poof, next thing you know, I'm a size 12. So, but anyway, I still think that's sexy, but nobody asked me that. So anyway, moving on. (laughs) So in my time when I was being teased, you know, I just wish that I were like the other kids and I've just figured that if I were like them, they couldn't say anything mean about me. Unfortunate for me, they did look like me. They were skinny. They weren't fat little kids teasing me and calling me skinny. They were just kids. They weren't that much bigger than me. You know, they just sought me out. I was quiet and they just figured that I would make a good target, you know. And the insults didn't stay outside of the home either. We had a lot going on at the house. One time that sticks out for me was when I was about six months pregnant with my son. My daughter wasn't walking yet because she had just turned one. The hurricane was blowing through the area and my father was working for one of the local chain stores. Anyway, the stores gave all their employees first dibs on getting groceries and supplies that they needed to take care of their families. Now, mind you, this is a small island. The hurricane just came through. There's no power. So if you did not go shopping ahead of the hurricane, then you are out of luck. They gave their employees first dibs on getting these supplies because they're going to file insurance, so might as well let the people take the stuff that they had. It was a great idea. So, of course, we were all excited. I was pregnant, so I was hoping he'd think about getting water, getting diapers, you know, maybe some first aid things just in case. Uh, Food, hello. You know, that's something that we will always need, food and water. But anyway, food and seasonings, things that you would need to sustain yourself until the stores got cleaned up and they were fully functional again. Yo, my father came home with four Bibles. Now, nothing against God or anything against my father's thought process. I didn't have a problem with him bringing home the four Bibles and saying God is all we need. However... When you're in a position of opportunity, it is your duty to actually fulfill that to the best of your ability. So even if he came home with the four Bibles, could he not bring food too? Fast forward to mom cooking dinner, okay? Of course, now he did not bring home the things that she really needed to really make this food spicy and and the way we like it, you know? Now listen, we know that the Caribbean is known for flavor, Okay, and when a woman does not have all the things that she needs in her kitchen to make her dish sing or make it the way she likes it or the way her family likes it, it does not make her feel good inside. So she's cooking this dinner and he is complaining about the food. And I generally don't get into grown folks business because, you know, Caribbean parents do not play. Okay, you're not getting in their business. Respect is everything. But man, in that moment, I decided I was going to take a stance for mom. 
And I told my dad, why are you complaining about this food? You came home with four Bibles when you could have totally brought home some of the seasonings and the foods that we needed in order for us to sustain ourselves. And you're complaining that she's doing the best that she can with what she has. And you should just be grateful. We don't know how long the power is going to be out. We're going to run out of food soon because there's no refrigeration. We don't have a generator. And I just want you to just be patient and give her some grace and just be grateful. Well, that didn't go down the way I played it in my head. He was not having any of that. But the thing is, in my defense, for him to sit there and complain about the food and talking about how it didn't taste right, it just set my soul on fire because I could just see the disappointment in my mom's face when he came home with the four Bibles. And she felt the same way I felt, but she didn't say anything. This is her husband. He's the leader of this family. But when he was just ripping into her about the taste of that food, it just set my soul on fire. Oh, I just hated it. So I told him that, and his response was, of course, to tell me how disrespectful I was being. But his action plan was to backhand me. Now, I already know from experience that that was not going to go down easy for me. And if you've been listening to my previous episodes, you know what type of household I grew up in. Okay, that slap that he was promising to give me, man, baby, I already know. So I prepared myself, but I'm not going to go into all the details of that day. But the long story short, my mother intervened. And at the end of her intervention, which, by the way, she was blaming me for the whole thing, even though I was coming into her defense, but... As a last-ditch effort to make me feel bad about myself, my father said, this is why you will always be from pillar to pillar. And an American translation, that would be, I will always be from man to man, which means I will never keep a man, which was so terrible. Because, listen, at this time, I was only 23 years old, okay? I was already pregnant six months, and I already felt the way I felt about having two children by someone that was not present. You know, my one-year-old was there. And of course, this was all going to go down in front of her, by the way. So I already had my feelings about how it was with me being pregnant for someone that wasn't in in, uh, my kids' lives. And for him to say that out loud, oh, it just really broke my spirit. And those words have just haunted me throughout my entire life. Every time I get into a breakup with somebody, I would revert back to my father's words every single time. And I would have to talk myself out of it like, no, he wasn't right. He was just being mean. He wasn't right. I would say that all the time just so I can get myself back into a normal headspace, you know. So when my son had his daughter, I told him, you be careful what you say to this little girl. Things hit different when it comes from the parents. And listen, fathers teach daughters their worth. When a father makes you feel worthless, it makes you vulnerable to other men who make you feel that way. And it's only until I got older in my life that I realized that is exactly what I was doing. Most of the men that I chose in my life were aggressive men, just like my father. Words matter. Words hurt. So you may think that it's okay to say certain things to your children or your spouse, your sister, whoever you have a relationship with. But you have to be so cognizant of what you're saying because you just don't know what words people are going to hold on to. 
Now, recently, as recent as last year, I told him that story. We were on a subject about something else. And, you know, I just, I'm just in this phase of my life where I'm holding everybody accountable for things that they've done to me. And I remember him saying something that just didn't sit well with me. And I, I relayed that story to him. And I took him back. I took him all the way back. Of course, he didn't remember it. And I told him, it's okay, you don't remember it. It's not your truth. You were a different person back then. It doesn't surprise me one bit that you don't remember. But what I didn't think would happen was he apologized. That shocked me. And when he apologized, it freed my soul. It really, really did. I didn't even go in expecting the apology. I went into the conversation just thinking, hey, you can't keep saying these things and these off-color things. Like, what you're saying is hurtful, you know? And it doesn't matter how long you've said it. It still hurts. I thought he was going to deny, 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 like he's done everything else. But in that moment, he just sat there. He listened and he swallowed it and he processed it. And when he apologized, it gave me exactly what I needed. He did. And I will be forever grateful for even having the opportunity to have that conversation with him. Like I try my best not to say those types of things to my children, no matter how low they bring me. And I always tell them, if you're gonna go that low, if you're gonna scorch the earth and say, everything that you've been thinking, everything that's on your mind, all the feelings that you've had towards certain things for years back and that you've never said anything about, you've been holding it in. If you want to go ahead and scorch the earth and tell somebody off, you make sure you're never going to see that person again because that is a big hill to climb with an apology if you are. But if you are going to still have a relationship with that person, you better make sure you watch your mouth and watch your words because those words do hurt. So why do we let those words hurt us to our core? Why do we care what other people say or think about us? It is so natural for all of us to want to be accepted by everyone. And most of us thrive on other people's attention sometimes as confirmations of our own self-worth. But what we fail to consider is why would somebody want to be using these words against us in the first place? Especially if you've shared something really deep, hurtful, and personal with someone and then they get mad at you and they throw all those things back into your face. It makes you feel so betrayed and so hurt that they would even use something that was already hurtful and they would weaponize it against you. And I feel like often they are just projecting onto us a negative belief or fear that they have about themselves. That's pretty much all they're doing. They're just projecting. How do we get past this hurt when we feel people are saying hurtful things to us? The only way is to acknowledge it and find a way to move past it. And the only way you can accept new joy and happiness into your life is to make space for it. Hold space for yourself. You know, this is part of your self-care package. Hold space for yourself. And if your heart is filled with pain and hurt, how can you be open to anything new? We've all been hurt, okay? You cannot be an adult or any teenager, man, woman alive today without hurt. We've all experienced some type of emotional pain in some form. What you do with that hurt is probably more important than the hurt itself. So how do you let go of past hurts and move on? Well, let's find out. 
I have some ways to help you let go of those past hurts. The first thing is make decision to let it go. See how easy that sounded when I said it? It may not be that easy, but you need to make the commitment to let it go. If you don't make this conscious choice up front, you could end up self-sabotaging any effort to move on from this past hurt. Not to mention you're holding on to your feelings over hurt words and they're getting a good night's sleep completely unbothered. You have to stop reliving the past pain. Stop going over the details of the story in your head every single time you think of this other person. It's going to be hard, but I know you can do it and you have to trust and have faith in yourself that you can do it. Secondly, express your pain. If you can, let the other person know how their words hurt you or what they put you through by saying those mean things to you. Try getting it out of your system. Even if you can't speak to the person directly, you can always vent to a friend. Or if it's just too personal and you don't want to tell anybody else, write it down in your journal or write a letter and don't send it to the other person. Or, hey, depending on the relationship, send that letter, get it out of your system. And maybe you would be able to, or maybe they would be able to hold space for you and understand your point of view. So doing so would also help you to understand what specifically your hurt is about. I actually did this recently and I felt so much lighter. I actually wrote a letter to my parents about some things that I feel like they were wrong in. And I wasn't looking for anything from that letter at all. I wasn't. I just um, wrote it. I scorched the earth and I said a prayer for it and dropped it in the mailbox. Mail it and forget it. You know, of course, I was thinking about it because I wanted to know what they thought. But in my mind, I said, listen, one of three things are going to happen. They're going to receive it and say nothing. They're going to receive it and tell me off and then never speak to me again. Or the universe will make the decision and they won't get it at all. Well, they received it and they said nothing. So they didn't say anything until I said, hey, do you get my letter? And they didn't want to discuss anything, and so I let it go. But the letter was for me to release it because I am a person, like I said, I'm on my journey to holding people accountable for the things they've done to me. And that was for me. It wasn't for them. So the third thing that you can do to help you uh, pass your hurt feelings and emotions uh, from hurt words people have said to you would be, Focus on the present, the here and now, baby, and joy that you have in your life, all the good things that you have going on. You have to really focus on that. It's time to let go. Let go of the past and stop reliving it. Stop telling yourself that story where the protagonist, you, are forever the victim of this person's horrible actions. You can't undo the past. All you can do is make today the best day of your life. And when you focus on the here and now, you have less time to think about the past. And when the memories creep into your consciousness, as they are bound to do from time to time, just acknowledge them for a moment and then bring yourself gently back to the present time. Remember, if we're going to focus on our hurt feelings, there's little room for anything positive. So it's a choice that you have to make to continue to feel the hurt rather than welcoming joy back to your life. And who wants to really focus on hurt over joy? Lastly, forgive them and yourself, okay? We may not forget another person's bad behaviors, but essentially everybody deserves our forgiveness, right? 
Sometimes we get stuck in our pain and our stubbornness. We can't even imagine forgiveness. But forgiveness isn't saying, I agree with what you did. Instead, it's saying, I don't agree with what you did, but I forgive you anyway. And forgiveness isn't a sign of weakness. It's simply saying, I'm a good person. You're a good person. You did something that hurt me, but I want to move forward in my life and welcome joy back into it. And I can't fully do that unless I let this go. Forgiveness is a way of tangibly letting something go. It's also a way of empathizing with the other person and trying to see things from their point of view. And finally, forgiving yourself is also an important part of this step, as sometimes we may end up blaming ourselves for the situation or the hurt. And while we may have had some part to play in the hurt, there's no reason that you need to keep beating yourself up over it. If you can't forgive yourself, you're only cheating yourself out of this peace and happiness. And we're all humans and humans make mistakes. And remember, forgiveness isn't for them. It is for you. Okay? So listen, I know it's incredibly hard to let go of your pain. I've struggled with this myself. I've held on to it for so long it feels like a good bra. You know what I'm talking about? You have this good bra that every time you put it on, the straps feel right, the underwire isn't poking into your chest, you know, it covers some of the side boob, and you know, it's a good bra. It just, it's comfortable, it's reliable, okay? But nobody's life should be defined by their pain. It's not healthy. It adds to your stress. It hurts our ability to focus, to study and work. It, it intervenes and floods over into our relationships, you know, and even the ones not d directly affected by the hurt. Okay, so try doing that, like forgive yourself. All right, so I'll leave you with this. Every day you choose to hold on to the pain of hurt words is another day you give up your power. Learn to let go and move forward. Choose life, live it to the fullest, and don't let hurt words control you. You owe it to yourself. I'll talk with you another time. But remember, forgiveness is key, and it's part of your self-care package. Thank you for joining this episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Hopefully you found it to be inspiring and you've received great information you can use in your daily life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please show your sis some love by subscribing on Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to rate and review. We're on Instagram at SaveOurSisters underscore 2020 and check out our YouTube page. If you would like to continue the conversation, join our Save Our Sisters group on Facebook. Until next time, sis, and remember to love yourself.